0: The Football Frenzy. are hey, you hit me so hard down there. The Football Frenzy on Cofield and Company.
1: Five o'clock hours here. If you're looking for the Big Five, we have a Big Four at four now. So that's up at LVSportsNetwork.com. It's a Big Four at four. And you can listen to the first two hours of the show. Really, all three hours will be posted here in just a little bit. LVSportsNetwork.com. Good guest spots with Justin Watkins, earlier Caleb Herring, We're going to talk to a former New Mexico running back, Dontrell Moore, in just a little bit as uh, he's going to help break down the New Mexico side of things for the game on Friday night against UNLV. The Lobos are in town. Give me some crunch, crunch. (laughs) You can't still be confident in your Saints and Jameis Winston. This sounds bad. Dalton, Andy Dalton's a backup. Andy Dalton took the ones, the one snaps. Winston is expected to be back on Thursday. Dennis Allen said, oh, it's just a maintenance day, basically. But I I hadn't realized it. Is he's, is he playing with four broken bones in his back that they're saying, oh, he can't hurt him more. Yeah. What? Yeah.
2: That's been the issue.
1: And he's dealing with incredible pain.
2: What yeah. the hell's going on here? Well, he's, he's tough. He eats W's, so that's that helps. Uh, toughens you up, toughens the skin a little bit.
1: I love Jameis Winston. Uh, Mike McDaniel first, Jameis Winston second.
2: Oh, could you imagine if they, if they were joined the forces? Oh, man, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, it's concerning. I mean, he's been able to play through it. It hasn't been great, though. Uh, I, I think it's a lot of, you know, you see a lot of people the last couple of weeks kind of, oh, Jameis, back to old Jameis for throwing the ball over the place. He's got a broken back. I don't even know who he's out there, but he's toughing it out. He's trying to go. I I, I don't, I don't know how much it would help to just say, hey, sit out two weeks. Like if you can sit out two weeks, could it start to be better? Or is this just is his back just broken all year? I, I have no idea. Uh, but it's it's concerning for sure. This is not somebody that's anywhere near full strength.
1: Is there hope for the Jets not to be the worst team in the league? We were talking earlier in the week about. The Raiders being 0-3, they're not the worst team in the league. The Bears are pretty bad. The Commanders look awful. You don't like the Texans. And the Jets have been gross outside of a miracle victory because the Ravens, check that, the Browns blew it. Zach Wilson is back. Hide your moms. Can the Jets be (laughs) decent with Zach Wilson? Although they just found out the other day they've lost another tackle for the season. I mean that'll be helpful to to have for have nobody protecting your franchise future for a guy who already jacked up his leg in the preseason trying (laughs) trying to run now he may be on the run all the time with his uh, offensive line beat the hell yeah I think listen I think Zach Wilson's a work in progress anyway so I don't know that he was going to step in and all of a sudden make the team really
2: really good I don't know that he's better than Joe Flacco right now Uh, I mean obviously he's the future and you hope that within you know by this end of of this year start of next year like he is better but. Uh, Right now, I don't necessarily know that's this huge upgrade. I think he's going to make some plays. I think he's going to make some mistakes. And, you know, you've got to get him back in there to help him, you know, facilitate his development, to learn. But I I don't know that they're going to be all of a sudden transformed into something much better.
1: Rubbing salt on my Jets fan wound is the guy that I cried over when I knew we weren't going to get him. And I only use we every once in a while because it gets very emotional with Trevor Lawrence. He was the offensive player of the week in the NFL last week.
2: Of course. Awesome. Of course he was. Yeah.
1: Awesome. All he had to do was rid himself of that, you know, that anchor that was Urban Meyer. It's early to say he's going to be awesome, but it is amazing the night and day difference between playing under Herb and playing under Doug Peterson, who is at worst an average coach in the NFL and a pretty good, you know, offensive innovator. Well, whether he's a great coach or
2: whatever he is, however you want to categorize him, he's an adult. Which is something that Urban Meyer is not and never
1: was and never will be.
2: Which, which by the also way a decent human being, which is something Urban Meyer never will be. How
1: many schools are lining up to try to grab Urban Meyer after the season? Colleges. It's yeah. insane. The names I see.
2: Stop. Winning cures a lot.
1: Yeah, but he's such a freaking creep. He's horrific. He he enabled and covered for one of his coaches as a chronic abuser of that coach's wife, not Herb's wife,
2: Dave Bliss was coaching high school basketball here last year. That's
1: a good point. <laughs> or two years, whatever it was, two years ago.
2: Yeah, like the, nobody has ever throw the. I was going to say nobody throw, had, the,
1: throw on the clo- the cloak of faith. Yeah, as a who the, I'm trying now. I'm trying to think who who pulled it on us last week. Who pulled it on us? Oh, it was a uh, Bobby Sarver, yes. the owner of the Suns. Yes, it was like three days after. He announces, hey, I'm going to sell the sons." Then he fires this thing out. He's like, well, you know, in today's society, I'm a man of faith. You know, you think you'd be forgiven and get a second chance, but no second chances anymore. Like, this is my fault? (laughs) You mistreat subordinates? You throw on racial slurs? (laughs) That's my fault?
2: Yeah, you don't have enough faith. If you had faith, you'd understand.
1: Okay. I don't understand. I guess you're, you can't oh, judge. God, stop! You're not God. You can't judge. Please stop. It's. I mean, please. You know what? Let, let's just do it. Now. Put Sarver <laughs> on a football field. Go get him, Ari. Okay. We needed. He was so, fine. We needed
2: some squealing after that. His face protected him from the tackle. He's fine. <laughs> it's the best left tackle you'll ever have, Steve.
1: Okay, I knew, I knew you were going to be in trouble today because you're running a tight schedule today. And when I spoke to you yesterday about Raiders availability, right? We got the afternoon show that goes three to six. Availability today was, I think, what was it, two thirty to three fifteen, something like that. I went late, too. and and you were like, ah, I'm not going to watch, you know, Derek Carr. I'm going to go in the locker room, and get the other stories. And as soon as I saw the Dan Orlovsky video going viral, where he's burying Carr, I'm like, like now everyone's going to have to sit there and you know listen to Carr, or try to get something out of him. Did he address it at all? Did I was tried to. You weren't there? No, I was in the locker room. Really? Yeah, but I, I I know
2: that it was asked because it okay. was asked. It was also asked of Josh McDaniels this morning.
1: Well, I heard the McDaniels answer, and we played it earlier, and frankly, I don't think... You know what, Ari, can you load this one? I know we had, uh, um, we had some Orlovsky stuff coming up. We'll get to Orlovsky in a second. Can you get me McDaniels 1? Because Vinny from Raider Nation Radio 920 asked the question... And when McDaniels answered, I was like, I, I guess he answered that. I, like, Josh is really good at kind of dancing around. But here was Vinny talking about Dan Orlovsky, uh, sort of crushing Car and really throwing out an, an allegation that I thought was pretty serious.
2: Josh, uh, Dan Orlovsky was on, uh, I think, ESPN yesterday, kind of implied
3: or maybe even accused uh, Derek Carr of purposely trying not to throw the ball to Devontae Adams in situations where he was open.
4: I mean, I obviously don't know, I didn't see that. I don't know what he's referring to. Look, there's one ball, there's five skill players. You know, usually uh, four or five of them are in the read somehow, some way, unless they're just full time in protection. Devontae would always be involved in the read part of that sometimes he's the first one sometimes he's the second he's very rarely the third fourth or fifth but sometimes it is what it is based on the coverage and so again we've seen a lot of different things in three weeks much of which may not have showed up in the scouting report based on the way a team played someone else
1: yeah that one got me a little bit because he went on to talk more about the scouting report and that is part of coaching is making adjustments after the scouting report doesn't turn out to be true um, I want you to listen to what Orlovsky, a former NFL quarterback, had to say about Carr as he had two different videos that he ran. Uh, here's video number two where he's talking about a certain route and that, hey, Devontae Adams is a guy on this route. What's going on with Carr?
4: Now down in the red zone, Devontae's going to run a quick fade versus inside leverage two-man. Cut the split because I got space on purpose. The safety really doesn't matter. He wins off the line scrimmage. I watched Aaron Rodgers throw that ball to Devontae a thousand <laughs> yes, times yes. against San Francisco last year. But he's not even looking over there on third and eight down in the red zone. That's only three clips because it's television. There's like six of them right. where the defense tells you the ball should go there. And it's Devontae Adams.
1: Okay. Now, when I watch this, I also I was also thinking to myself, man, I'd like to get 10 different quarterbacks of uh, all different ages in the room with Orlovsky and see what they have to say because Caleb Herring didn't exactly agree with all of what Orlovsky said. Caleb was on with us. A couple of hours ago, he's a former UNLV quarterback, and he's, he's very good as the analyst, and you know, he, he really breaks it down. I, I think sometimes when one quarterback gets on another, it's like, oh, well, that's the gospel, and he's absolutely right. And then you had a couple of defensive players there, and Ryan Clark, and I forget who else was there. Um, and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. This is a very interesting situation. It is. Well, and I think in,
2: in part of the clip uh, that wasn't part of that one, that that I think was where a lot of times you're making good points, you make good analysis, and then there's a part of a clip that everybody just takes. So the part where he said he's intentionally not throwing to Devontae Adams is what everybody ran with. So what what, what he's essentially saying is, look, a lot of coverage is designed to shut down Devontae Adams, and Derek Carr is going in other places. But there are times when he can have Devonte, where Devonte should be the read where he could throw it to him and he goes somewhere else so it's not like the, it's totally shut off and i think the point he was making is look he threw it to him 17 times in week one and now he's trying to find ways to not throw it to him 17 times which i don't oh, okay. know that, i don't know that that's the case either right. but that, essentially what he's saying is he didn't like the balance of targets in week one he knows they can't throw to Devonte every single time so he's trying to find places to throw to other guys but you also have to know that hey it's Devonte adams He's gonna get an, an outsized number of targets and go ahead and throw it to him, and so he's trying to say all those things. But again, he mentioned on uh, he mentioned right there, hey, it's TV. There's all these clips I could show you. I'm showing you this, just these three because we're, it's a short segment. So he's trying to get all this information in to a short segment, and a lot of times that's what happens in TV, not not to crush TV. That's that's what it is. Right. Um, I watch a lot of this stuff on YouTube where it's unlimited. And I I see a lot more breakdown, a lot better breakdowns, a lot more analysis because it's not time constrained to a commercial break necessarily. But I think when you have something like this, everybody runs with that one little part of the quote, which he said, and I think he takes ownership of the fact that he said it, but I don't think everybody's understand. It's not like he's, I don't like Devontae, I'm not throwing to him. It's more, I'm trying to find other people to get involved in the offense. And that's coming at the expense of Devontae Adams. So it's just a really fascinating thing, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that there's any part of Derek Carr that's like, I'm not the one of that guy.
3: That's not what this is. I don't think Dan is a malicious type. He never has been. You know, he, From the times I've ever talked to him, he was super great guy. So I've I got no problem with Dan. That's first and foremost. And anything I say, I have to say that first because no matter what I say after that, that's the, all you'll see is on the headline. You know. But at the end of the day, like I'm going to listen to Josh and my progressions and what he's telling me in the game and,
1: Okay, I think McDaniel's is also caught. He's slipping in mentions that, you know, the distribution can get better. He, he'll mention things in his answers that, hey, sometimes we don't make the right read. The ball isn't thrown in the right place. We're right. we're trying to adjust. Well, that's every every quarterback of all time. I yeah. mean, sometimes Tom Brady
2: doesn't make the right read. Right. Sometimes you know, Aaron well, Rodgers. I, I think make it's the also right fair read.
1: to point out that that while you know the guys on ESPN, when uh, Orlovsky said, like I saw. You know, Aaron Rodgers hit Devontae Adams on that, you know, this many times. When Caleb was on earlier, he was like, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best arm talent guys <laughs> right. in the history of the NFL. It's not to say Carr's bad, but maybe he can't do it all the time. Aaron Rodgers is freaking awesome. Give me uh, one more
3: reaction from Carr. You know, we ha- you know this is we're only three games in to us playing together again, you know. And uh, it hasn't been all bad, you know. And so – um, for me to not want to throw it to him or anything like that, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. Um, but but you can – I get what Dan's trying to say. You know, everyone wants to see Devontae get all the yards and all the catches, but if you flip him in max numbers, no one says anything.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> Matt Collins was just talking I, I, yeah, about.
2: Yeah, no, I guess it's, it's – okay. Um,
1: max Crosby. But, but, and
2: Adams has a touchdown in every game and then I think another part of what Josh McDaniel said today that is kind of important is we all talk about this hey Derek and Devante pick up right where they left off well that was nine years ago and Devonte Adams wasn't Devonte Adams then Devonte Adams is good a very good player Devonte Adams was not otherworldly talent best receiver on the planet Devonte Adams when they were at Fresno State so he didn't have double coverage every time. He didn't have safeties rolling over every time. He didn't have entire defensive game plans solely focused on stopping him. And and as McDaniel said, it's also not college defenses aren't as sophisticated. So it is still a learning process for them to understand how to attack NFL defenses that are focused on just stopping their connection that it was in college when you didn't have that same level of preparation and focus on you and you alone. So that is a process still to learn. It's not like you can just say, hey, we played together, we got this. Well, it's different.
1: Kind of froggy down there today. Some aggression. Apparently. Yeah. Some aggression. Apparently. What was going on? Uh <laughs> Willie Ramirez from the company. He's been he's been really beside himself about this offensive line thing and being told back in the preseason that there were seven guys worth playing, and that's the way it works. And I should, we, should point out there's
2: also after week one, they said the same thing.
1: Yeah. And and Willie's been very much on like, let's get to five. What's going oh, on here?
2: Can I, um, but his I, delivery today was... Are you going to play the question that he asked? Oh, yeah. I was, was going to set it up by saying, it's not even just the, the delivery. Willie was in a power stance. Oh, really? He walked up to the front of the media room. Oh, really? Got in a power Woo! stance with his, head, with his head tilted back. He's like, let's go. I was like,
1: whoa. In the preseason, we asked you about the rotations. Mm-hmm. And you said, this is normal. We're not going to have the same five guys. Yeah three games in and I get it. There's some injuries. you yep. said, Hey, we're still looking for the formula. Yep. It's now seven games. Yep. When's the formula work out?
4: I, I think when it's again, when it's clear and, and, and evident, I think that's what it is. Um, look, I, nobody would like that to be more evident and clear, um, than all of us in here. Um, you know, to, to say, Hey, this is, we don't need to do anything else. And, I think the biggest thing for us is we've tried to, to continue to stress execution and competition in practice, which I know you guys don't always get to see anymore, um, and the games. And so the, the adjustment we made uh, last week was, you know, basically to try to find the, the right group um, that could play as one unit and, you know. Had no negative runs last week, you know, kept them off there for the most part. It's a good pass rush last week. It's another good one this week. Um, And so I think that there was definitely some progress made there. Um, Andre was out again, you know, last week. So, um, you know, there's definitely an element of patience for that. I just think we, you know, sometimes you want it to be um, done before it's done. Sometimes you want it to be simpler before, you know, really the decision should be made. All right. There you go. I hope Willie's happy.
1: I don't want to see him standing in front of the room flexing. I hope so, too. I was, I was scared. I was kind of backing
2: down. I was like, whoa, what, what is going on? You're like, when's he going to work? And then uh, somebody accused him of looking like a bouncer today at, at practice. He was geared up, ready to go.
1: He's been very annoyed about this whole O-line thing. <laughs> and in a way, he's a conduit for the fans because the fans have been annoyed about it. So I don't mind the question. I don't oh. mind the tone. McDaniels apparently didn't mind the tone. No,
2: I mean there was earlier in the question too. Uh, Willie said something along the lines of, "Hey, if I knew more, I'd be up there." Like, well,
1: whoa, whoa, yeah. okay. he did he, We didn't pull the the, the whole question because it was kind of typical Willie style. We like Willie, but sometimes the questions get a little long. But he he actually did he did it nicely, where he kind of set him up like, "Hey, you know, I'm going to ask a harsh question, but I understand, you know, I'm not a coach. Don't get don't get offended." But it wasn't um, the words. It was, I mean. He was he was trying to God, I wish they had a camera on you guys all I, I could wish see, I watched it uh, all I could see was McDaniels
2: I actually wish McDaniels wasn't on a podium and higher than us because I think Willie would have tried to get taller and like look down on him <laughs> get the shoulders broad
3: he was in he was ready.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.
3: There's going to be some times where that happens. I tried to warn everybody, but I knew that this would come, especially when Tay showed up and everyone was excited to watch us play together, right? Um, but again, I got nothing wrong with Dan. You know, I've always respected Dan, and there's, none, there's nothing there for me. But um, but when it comes to the reads and, and all that kind of stuff, I, I'm just going do to do my best ability what Josh wants me to do.
0: Back to Cofield and Company at the Battle Born Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Rolling on. Five o'clock hour. Cofield and Company. 364-1100, 364-1100. Ari, right, let's do a giveaway. Ari's got a four-pack for UNLV football tickets against New Mexico. You can go to UNLVtickets.com to grab your own tickets. They've still got mini-game, uh, you know, mini-plans available, three- and two-game mini-plans. I think with the three-game, you get the Rebs hat that Marcus Arroyo has been wearing, kind of the, that new Rebs logo that they've been blowing up, and we asked Marcus Arroyo last night on his radio show if he was going to wear the crusty, kind of sweaty hat. You've done that in the past, right? Sure. He, a lot of it's like, and now it would be workouts, but that was kind of always a baseball thing. You have the same hat forever. It's a summer. Never you sweat through it. It's all stained. And never nasty. clean it,
2: never wash it. You know, it's it's the uh you know the the scars of battle
1: so let me see if i can do this right Marcus arroyo told me that he's actually got multiple crispy crusty hats to pick from so it's not just one that's all sweated on so he
2: switches it up apparently do you think he has one of those uh like the the white things that you you can throw in the, either the uh, washing machine or the dishwasher that clasps down on your hat and keeps the form while you wash it
1: I don't know. You should ask. Uh, next show. Let me finish the giveaway. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, caller 7, 364-1100, 364-1100. Uh, four packet tickets, New Mexico, UNLV, big game, Friday night. That would be a really good start to the season if they get out of the gates. Four and one, and now they're expected to win games because they're a uh, two-touchdown favorite. New Mexico can be a pain in the rear end with their defense. And last year they actually did rush for, I think it was upwards of 220 on the ground, which is where you rush. Uh, but down there, they, the, their run game actually worked pretty well. But uh, UNLV was able to cause some turnovers, really knock the hell out of their quarterbacks, and had some game-changing plays. There were a couple of deep passes that uh, Cam Friel connected. I think it was Kyle Williams on on one of them. So take a try now, 364-1100, 364-1100. Ari, right, while you're doing that, I'm also going to ask you to juggle because I actually do want McDaniels 4 here in a second. I know one of the angles, you had a couple angles you wanted to cover today, and we'll get to another one towards the end of the hour. But one of the angles you wanted to cover was the fact that the AFC West, and you know a lot of people nationally are mocking on this now. They're the same people who said the AFC West was going to be the best division ever. Um, it hasn't been a perfect start for their division. Chargers have beat the hell. Raiders have lost close games. Broncos can't score. Chiefs got upset by the Colts. And Eric the enemy uh, is ready to be punched by lots of people. But that was the case the last couple of years. I know you asked the question and I guess it is sort of the little bit of a savior for the Raiders. You were, you were talking about, Hey, no one's looking, looking like they're going to run away in the division. So maybe the Raiders still have a chance. Yeah,
2: it was, I mean, some, and I'll just I'll go behind the scenes a little bit. Sometimes like you're just working on a certain story yeah. and you just want, quotes for that story like get your reaction to it. So, yeah, my story for Sunday is, you know, my my game preview is about the fact that everybody kind of coming into the season was like, "Oh, this it's going to be a 3 and 0 versus 3 and 0 or 2 and 1 versus 3 and 0 coming into this game." And, you know, everybody, everybody's going to be, you know, looking looking great at all these AFC West games, and right now, Chargers are hurt and stumbling and Justin Herbert who knows when he's going to be healthy. Uh, the the Broncos are two and one, but they are kind of a disaster. They're a laughing stock, even though they're two and one, which is silly. There's still plenty of talent on that team. I think they're going to get a lot better. And the Chiefs obviously are coming off a loss to a team that didn't have another win. So, uh, yeah, it's not. It's not the glamorous, marquee thing that everybody thought, but I think still very, very important games and very good teams in this division.
0: Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All-Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All-Access on Twitter. First and goal from the six. Brumfield throwing
1: for the end zone. And the pass is caught by Kyle Williams for a Rebel touchdown. Over the shoulder catch. Great pass.
0: You're listening to Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: All right, big game coming up in the crazy, topsy-turvy Mountain West Conference. UNLV off to a 3-1 and start. New Mexico's improved. They're coming to town. It's a Friday night game. It's on CBS Sports Network. 8 o'clock start, and when we talk Lobo football, we like to lean on one of their legends. This is Dontrell Moore. Guy who rushed for a thousand yards, four straight seasons, 59 touchdowns as a Lobos up with Cofield and company. How are you, sir?
5: <laughs> with that introduction, I'm feeling pretty good.
1: I know, right? How pretty are you good feeding. Right? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, this week has been uh, Mountain West Conference or uh, this region legendary running backs because we had Robert Turban on at the beginning of the week, and Robert mm-hmm. had, like, I think 40 plus touchdowns in, in his four years at Utah State. So let's uh, first of all, let's talk about. Uh, Coming back to familiar territory for you guys, and I know you know it's two years removed, but I'm sure for a lot of folks who follow and cover and you know played for New Mexico, that COVID season is never going to be forgotten because you guys got displaced and had to basically uh, you know stay here and play here a lot in Las Vegas.
5: Yeah, it was pretty crazy to think about that 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 2020 season. uh, The familiarity, the comfort with um, with Vegas. Obviously, it's not at the same place, right? Playing in the new uh, stadium, or you know. Raiders stadium, but just being in Vegas is a, is a comfort level for the Lobos who had to go through what not a lot of teams went through during, the, I mean, COVID was a crazy year, but just the, 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 the season that they went through to endure all the things they went through, um, it's just pretty crazy. And now here it comes full circle and, and I think it'll, it'll make for a pretty good game on Friday night.
1: Has that year paid some dividends in team in terms of like team toughness and resiliency this year? Of course,
5: and that's just a personal opinion. Um, you know, talking to some of the players, you know, they, they, they. Uh talk about that season and talk about what it went through and it was just an opportunity to play football and then some of the players got that COVID year so right so they're still it was like it never happened but it did so yeah it's, it's I think in terms of an, uh, uh, an organization or a team right or if, if if you will it just okay this is what we can do things are never going to be this tough and we endured right we you know they levels won three games at the end of that year that year it was just a crazy year um to say the least and um yeah it 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 builds character it builds your team and i think they've 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 used a little bit of that season and that toughness to kind of transition into what has been a, a decent year thus far um and just you know trying to get better for sure
1: where is new mexico better first on offense
5: Initially, you know, to start the season, the 41 points against Maine, you know, there was a lot of improvement. Um, still, 130th in total yards this year, so you know, which is similar to last year when they were 130th in overall offense, which is not very good. But specifically, I think there's a there's more weapons. They're not being used necessarily like they want to um, this year, but there are more weapons. Jordan Porter, Miles Kendrick, Nathaniel Jones being back, one at the receiver, one at the running back position. Um, so I just think more weapons. Um, the offensive line. Um, Took some uh, injuries in the it, um, uh, wingfield at the very beginning of the year, um, which was devastating. But I think they're better. Um, even against LSU, the start of the game, they were running between the tackles and probably didn't do it enough. Which is like, oh, you know, we're not going to run at them. But just a lot of overall team speed. But I think the overall offense, even though the numbers aren't necessarily saying it right now, um, they are better in, in multiple spots.
1: Well, the fact that uh, Miles Kendrick is playing. You know, all the downs, that's an improvement because I'll tell you, last year, UNLV went in, they won their first game of the year. But I thought one of the biggest factors in the game is that UNLV just brutalized your quarterbacks and, you know, they they couldn't stay healthy. They were limping around. So much better situation uh, this time around. How is Kendrick so far?
5: Yeah, that's that's a very good point. Like over the years I've been I've been broadcasting now for 9 years, which is crazy. Um, the Lobos have had unbelievable bad luck at the quarterback position. I'm not going to ring off all the injuries and stuff, but multiple years they've gone through from at one point they were QB1 to QB5. Literally where the starting quarterback that started the first day was now five quarterbacks out you know which is insane and yeah maybe that's the best part about it um he may not be playing at a high high level right now offensively but he's in there and he's consistent and I think you will know, they'd like to see some of those turnarounds and um you know a tough bruising schedule um you know obviously with LSU now you get to to conference play and and you hope for the best. And I think that Miles, who won the the job in uh, camp, is more than capable. A dual threat can make the throws. I I think that he's pressing a little bit. Um, and you know, just from a, a personal standpoint. But I do feel that um, he's their guy. They got the right guy. He leads that team. He commands that offense. And they just need to figure it out, both from a, a scheme standpoint, I mean, a play calling standpoint, and a talent standpoint. And um, you know, they they they'll, they'll like to get things going on on f- going um, Friday night.
1: Santana Moore with us, So former New Mexico running back, color voice for the Lobos on radio. I'm going to ask you a question I asked um, Danny Gonzalez at media day back Uh-oh. in uh, in July. Well, it was it was the, the my questions are kind of goofy sometimes. I try to be direct, not oh, being right now. But I, I I asked him, hey, does the triple option lead to winning football in this year? And he kind of looked at me like, bruh. Um, you answer the question. Does, can the triple option win in this era of football? Are
5: you asking me that?
1: <laughs> I'm asking you that. Not that. I know Just you go, are. Go shut so, uh, me down. And said, hey, so, it works in other I,
5: spots. It's all good. Um, the short answer to Dontro Moore is no. Um, okay. I don't think you can be completely successful. I don't think you can win um, championships. Running the triple option, just the triple option. I think you have to be versatile with any offense, but just the triple app option in and of itself. I don't think you can win multiple champ. You have to be able to throw the ball. You have to be able to put the ball in the air. You have to be able to run NASCAR. You have to be able to. That's that's this era of college football. Unless you have, I don't know, a stud at every. I don't. Know, I. The no, short answer is no. But I don't play, so I don't know. But the short answer to me, from a personal opinion, having played the game, having been in the trenches, I feel as though now the way the game has sped up and the way the game is, that you can't maintain success in my opinion, only running the triple option.
1: What does Air Force do differently with their run game and the option that actually does allow them to yeah. win seven, eight, nine, ten games? Yeah, so
5: an Air Force is a different monster. Here's why. It's a system that has run it for a hundred years. That's what they do. That's their their athletes go there buying into that, right? They're they're obviously you know, military vote. I'm saying it's just different because that's what makes them different. That here's what I, here's why I, why I think the triple option won't work on other places on the side. of it. If I'm an athlete, if I'm a star running back or I'm a star receiver, and I go to New Mexico and I was told that we are going to throw the ball, but then here we are, we're going to run the triple option. I can't buy completely into it, and so I don't execute it with the same ferocity and the same ferociousness and the same execution that I would if I was at Air Force because I knew that's what I was getting myself into football secondary, and I'm doing exactly what I'm told to do. That's just how. I feel having played air force and prepared against air force all those years and now seeing it another and now and now when i was playing air force wasn't getting those type of athletes now they're getting those athletes who are committing themselves to serving and also going to the Air Force way. So I just think it's different. Running that offense at Air Force is their offense. It's an identity. It's not it's not an offense. It's an identity. And if you get athletes who go down there and they know they're that's what they're doing, they execute it well and they know that's what we're doing. But if you had another school where you felt like, well maybe we can throw, maybe we not you know, I got some other things going on. I wanna, you know, catch fifty balls or I also want to run option or I want to run, you know, top then you don't buy into it with with the same you know vigor and valor that you would, in my opinion. So,
1: let's talk about the uh, like I said, topsy turvy nature of this conference. Uh, you guys got to play Boise State. It was very competitive. What did you think of Boise State on that night? Because since then they've come unraveled. Yeah,
5: I'm, I'm not going to get into my Boise State thing or uh, opinion, but I, I, I'll i just keep it from New Mexico is that the reality is Boise is still Boise. They still have an, a, a chance to be Boise. They they, they are Boise, right? They, they may not be playing well, but they're Boise. And so the way New Mexico looked at it was we had – Boise come into town, and it was—I'll be honest—had the offense done just a little bit more, that's a completely different game. It really, really is. Um, um, the defense has played well. Coach Long and Coach Gonzalez have been playing flying around the ball. They're causing a lot of turnovers. And literally, had the offense had two or three more, you know, big plays or two or three more first down, I, I think it's it's closer in the fourth quarter, and it's a and it's a and it's a dog fight. And so, um, yeah, you, you know. You think one thing, you, you know, at the start of the year, you know, the Utah State to the world, the Boise right now, it's like, oh my goodness, dang, you know, you know, be really good. And is Boise not as good? Is Utah State not as good? Right, but you, you never know. So that's that's what's fun about playing in the Mountain yeah. West Conference. That's what's fun about college football, and that's why you lace them up and 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 we'll see what happens on Friday night.
1: So since I do a sports talk show on a daily basis, I'm going to stick my neck out there on a couple of things. First, on Boise, I am <laughs> shocked that Hank Bachmeyer went into the transfer portal, which tells me there are signs of fractures uh, well before this. And the other one is I just got to see Utah State up close. Mm-hmm. My Lord, what an undisciplined team they were against UNLV. And a lot of it, Dontrell, was uh, just silly stuff, just talking, late hits. Um, mm. and, and those are those are bad signs for a football team when you, yeah. you lack discipline and then you're costing yourself with just ridiculous penalties.
5: Yeah, and you, you said it, not me, but I'll comment on that. Just I, I think it's right, and that's whether you're Utah State, whether you're LSU, whether you're Alabama, whether you're the poor sisters of the South. If you're not disciplined, you're not going to win. I don't care if you have all the talent in the world. I don't care if you won conference championships. I don't care if you're not disciplined, right? You can have all the athletes in the world, right? If you're not disciplined, you're not gonna win. Teams that aren't teams that are not better than you are going to and I don't know whether UNLV is better than Utah State. That's not the point. UNLV won the football game. The reality is, if you're undisciplined, even if you're supposed to win, you're not gonna win. It's that simple. So Your assessment, you know, having watched much of that Utah State uh, UNLV game, watched a little bit of it and, you know, big plays, and then uh, Utah State's quarterback, you know, kind of was forcing some balls down the field, and, you know, UNLV's corners were turning around, making great plays on the ball, things like that. And, you you know, to your point, the discipline happens on the late plays, the the 15, uh, those drive coaches crazy. And so, again, that's it's simply that. Boise on the other hand, you know, I don't know. I'm 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 torn because I don't think they played awful against New Mexico. I think I think um New Mexico played really well and you know, yes, it was supposed to be fifty to zero or whatever, you know, thirty one point underdog or something, um, that game and it was way closer than even the thirty one to fourteen score, but I haven't seen Boise since then, right? So I mean you could probably tell me tell me better than i would know but that game they looked decent i just think new mexico played well on defense that day and it kind of stymied them um you said they've kind of they've come unraveled so maybe it is something that's going to happen or that they're not going to be as good as maybe we thought but we'll see a lot of football to be played that's for sure
1: yeah and who knows maybe bachmeyer was one of the toxic problems on the team and now they've got a a new freshman quarterback retro freshman quarterback who they like and they've got a new oc and Dirk Cutter. So from from last year, uh, what you saw up close with UNLV, what did you like from last year's game? And you mentioned you saw a little bit of film on UNLV. What are some of the things you like about the Rebels?
5: Um, You know, I I don't – to be honest, I don't really know much at this point. And my thought process is just that they're better. They're better. Robert and I were talking about it um, 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 a couple of days – or not actually after the main game about – you know, Utah State being really good and San Diego State and then uh Boise, blah, blah, blah. And then like you said, it didn't happen. So personally from a UNLV standpoint, I don't know enough for me in my opinion to say whether they're what they're good at and what they're not. That's just kinda where I'm at with it right now. I for me I'll call a football game and I'll make my assessments at that point. Um um, I know that robbins is doing running running the ball really well. I know that that brumfield is, is is flinging it from the left they you know some option plays like I said I watched a little bit of the Utah State game and looks like not afraid to go deep and um you know but Overall, I'm not really sure in my assessment. I just know they're better. Three and one, right? Beat, you guys beat uh, uh, Idaho State, beat Utah State, barely lost to Cal. So I know that they're, that's a good football team. But as far as detail specifically, I'm not exactly sure. I know, they, I know they're getting it done, and it'll be a good, good football game on Friday night.
1: And some of those names you mentioned are actually transfer portal guys, which I think is one of the big questions in program building around college football now. And I'm sure – uh, New Mexico, you know, they're, they're taking advantage of it at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, this is a decision that coaches have to make. Do you want to get old quickly? Do you want to bring in guys who are three- or four-year guys as, you know, true freshmen, or you go to the yeah. portal and try to bring in power five guys and guys beneath you for opportunity? The whole thing is completely fascinating to me.
5: It is the transfer portal is literally like I don't know whether I like it or not like it. I haven't decided yet. I think it can be a really good thing. Uh, I think it gives college athletes an opportunity to go play elsewhere. But it also, to me, says you know what I don't really have to stick things out. I am unhappy. I can get out of there and I can go play where else. And that's why there's not loyalty or you know kind of a a sense of like work things out and figure it out and work through the hard things. Um, but I also understand that I, th- I think they should be able to leave. But I don't know. I, I, it can be tweaked just like the NIL stuff needs to be tweaked as well because I don't think I should be a millionaire at 18, you know. But that's just my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, I I I, th- I think the transfer portal has helped a lot of teams. Um, uh, you get them in there, and if you do it the right way, there's a the transfer portal like a, few, uh, a couple of offensive linemen on the Lobos, uh, Wingfield and Davis, who will have two or three years, even though they're transfer portal guys. Um, so if you do it the right way, you can. Um, you can it can be beneficial where you get them where they've had some experience, but then they're not one and done or they're not gone next year. So, yeah, we'll see how it plays out, but it's definitely affecting college football for sure.
1: Dontrell, thank you for a couple of minutes, and we'll see you out at Allegiant on Friday. Awesome, Steve. Adam, you guys take care. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. There is One of the all-time great running backs at New Mexico, Dontrell Moore. Okay. He's right. It is still up in the air with transfers. Yeah. And I think – Transfers, you know, when they're playing well and and you're winning, you don't have many challenges in terms of making sure the team sticks together. Um, this is a very early judgment for me, from what I've seen so far on the sidelines and talking to some guys and watching practices. Uh, I also think UNLV did a little extra, you know, due diligence when they examined guys. They didn't just grab Power Five guys to grab Power Five guys. They grabbed guys they thought would blend in and were good character guys and. Um, I'll give you a good example on the way back. We're going to have a conversation tomorrow with uh, Nick Williams, who's a transfer in and highly impressive dude. And by the way, we got an update on uh, it was a wild day today at the Raiders with the press conference. A lot of the kind of misunderstandings, you know, aggressive questioning, and then you throw in the Arlovsky thing. There's a lot going on around the Raiders right, right now in terms of keeping that team together.
0: Join Cofield and Company on Thursdays for the live 2-5 show at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. During all NFL games this season, get 77-cent beers. It's Thursday night football at Silver 7's Flamingo in Paradise. Cofield and Company presents...
2: Hey, hold on. Hold on. Make a make a.
0: Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. you. Stick your hand in there,
3: Dave.
1: We were talking about keeping teams together, Adam Hill. And I know you would love to see your old team, the Buffalo Bills, fractured. <laughs> but nothing will break them up. Uh did Morstead and uh who's the gunner's name? I don't even know his name. What's the it's the personal protector? Is that what you're talking about? What is it? Sherfield? Yeah. Trent Sherfield. Okay. The personal protector, Uh, so the punter kicked the ball into uh, Shurfield's rear end. Yeah. And they apparently they've worked everything out. They took a nice picture with each other yesterday, and they're all good. That's a lot of pain, though. A punt right in the crack? That hurts. Well, you know who my favorite people in the Raiders locker room are.
2: Of course. Special special teamers, yes. uh, My story tomorrow is reaction from the punter and personal
1: protector of the Raiders. Oh, did you do a feature on this? Like what would happen? Yeah, if there was a butt punt with the Raiders.
2: Well, I, my question, my first question to AJ was, uh, everyone in the world for the last three days had just had nothing but fun with this clip. Does a punter see it differently than we do? And he basically said it's the kind of thing that you wake up screaming and you realize it's only a nightmare. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you wake up in the middle of the night.
2: No, I can give the, his exact quote, and uh, this is, <laughs> I just wrote this up for tomorrow. Uh, That's one of those bad dreams you have when you wake up in the middle of the night drenched in sweat and you realize it's only a nightmare. Uh, It's an unfortunate situation, but that's why in the back of the end zone you don't back up unless you want a football enema.
1: It's a good line. Yeah, that's a real good line. I was
2: very happy when he
1: gave it to me. I was like, perfect. Stick your hand in there, Dave. In the end, that's what you're looking for. You want good quotes. You want good stories to write. You want to cover stories. So let's do the setup here properly. <laughs> Devontae Adams, it was just announced today that he's going to be driving the pace car at our NASCAR race, our second NASCAR race. Yeah, very cool. During the bye week. Okay. It'll be, it'll be a great event. All right. It's very likely that your bosses will be like, hey, that's a good note. Let's, let's you know, if you can, let's ask him about it. I may that, have gotten that exact email. That That happens, right? Sure. And I think... Fans fail to realize, and I'm not saying, hey, if someone asks a question like, you know, it's not my fault. Someone instructed me to. Like, you could you could also, you know, if it's if it's something stupid, you'd be like, you're going to push back and go, I'm not asking about that. Sure. Or the timing's not right. What we're talking about the Raiders being uh, or, or feeling, you know, kind of bad and having some pressure right now because they're 0-3. In no way do I believe that when you go out to these press conferences – when they're struggling, that you can't talk about other subjects. Listen, I've covered UNLV football here, like, very closely. The last three or four years, back to Sanchez, there was a lot of losing, right? It's not all going to be football. And it's not like you're mocking on the effort to win or we're not taking football seriously if you talk about other things, right? That's part of the job, and I think most times players and coaches kind of welcome it just to get your mind off a little bit and show, hey, you know, Everything is not football, right? So this is you asking a question of Devontae Adams. I think Adams misunderstood in a way. And there's a weird vibe here. I players don't get on the defense that
4: haven't played very long but have still had players on the defense that haven't played very long but have still came in and um, you know made a name for themselves so they, they really don't have a weakness on defense which is something that helps them even though we do know they're a defensive minded team still got to go out there and try to make plays so I wouldn't call it easier but um, I mean it narrows our focus on offense down for sure. We
2: you know you're fast on the field you're going to drive a pace car coming up in a couple weeks. Mm. Would you ever drive like a race car for real? Uh,
4: Yeah I, I, I I would, but I'm, I'm gonna keep this today a little bit more. We got we got more important things we got to focus on than that. And we don't we don't need people worrying about that type of stuff because then you know how that goes. And I think you know what you're doing too, but uh, we're not gonna do that. That's good.
1: Okay, that's it. That's the end of the cut. So I think you I think you know what you're doing is the weird part of it.
2: Yeah. And um, then it was, then it was very quickly. Then press conference was ended. Right. What were you doing? I have a note in notebook tomorrow that Devontae Adams is driving a pace car, and right. I wanted a quote about him
1: driving a pace car. So then people started tweeting at you, I guess in response to what Adams said, I think you know what you're doing. Yeah. So what are they alleging?
2: Uh, apparently that I'm making some kind of comparison to Henry Ruggs, which I didn't even obviously consider or think about. I, I it, it, They announced today Right. that Devontae's driving the pace car. I thought it was a fun little side note. And by the way, people that said they're 0-3, ask football questions. I did 15 minutes pressing Devontae in the locker room on Sunday. He was very good. A lot of a lot of good answers.
1: And he did, what, 12, 13 minutes before this? Yeah. About the same thing. It's not the way it works, folks. So it doesn't have to be all football questions. Cut it out. And knowing Adam and how sensitive he is to all the stuff last year, because I remember when – Sammy Hagar was going to sing at a game, do a concert at a game. You mentioned, hey, after the rugs thing, I don't know if you should be singing, I Can't Drive 55. Like, that's how sensitive you are to stuff like that. Yeah. So I don't think you were making a joke about rugs. And frankly, I actually think the Raiders should apologize to you for that comment at the end. They, they won't. I'll talk that, to, is, I'll that, talk to that is outrageous to accuse you. Cut it out, please. Cut it out. Okay. Win a game, please.